black. What you looking uh-huh. at? Yeah, black. I feel so good to be black right now. Welcome to episode 75 of the Black in Fashion podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me, and I am back on my regular consistency and frequency to make sure we're dropping all the fashion episodes, knowledge, entrepreneurship, advice, tips every week Wednesday. So, of course, we can't start any episodes without acknowledging our sponsors. This week is sponsored by Kara Kinks. It is a hair rejuvenation oil that helps promote healthy hair growth, decrease split ends, and breakage. The aroma is divine, and your cap, uh, I always say this wrong, and your scalp will shine. <laughs> so make sure you purchase Kira Kinks at kirakinks.com. Our second sponsor is going to be Makira Reed. She has the Black and Unbothered Tea, which I am wearing. It is a whole mood. I got a lot of compliments today because everybody I'm around is Black and Unbothered. So fight the power. So today, I am joined by Simone C. However, she goes by Sim Simma Styling by Simone C. So that's make sure y'all remember that Sim Simma Styling by Simone C. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Simone, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been like years. Yeah. <laughs> Simone making. is my friend. <laughs> Simone is my friend. And Simone is a stylist, and she's doing a lot of beautiful things and have been doing a lot of beautiful things for a while now. Mm-hmm. She just don't always like the camera. But today she's going to be front and center on this camera because it is time, and time is overdue. This is exactly what you need. You need those type yeah. of friends that are going to yeah. push you. Time is overdue. So yes. it's time. We actually met in the fashion industry. We met at Can work. We talk and about we became that? friends. That's, that's the way. That's how we met. We met at Woodland Trading and Co. <laughs> The day she quit was it? Well, her last day was the day I got fired. So we head out the same day. <laughs> we got out the same day. You know who would have thunk it? That was a crazy time. Though. I know it was. That, that was cheap crazy. ass dresses. <laughs> it's cool though. The funny thing is that when you came in, it mm-hmm. was like because you remember the other girl that used to work in there. You know, the one name drops, Katie. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We used to like often do like lunches together, and then mm-hmm. when you came in, I tried to like get all of us to do lunch together, and she'd mm-hmm. be like, "No, that's okay. I'll just sit and eat lunch at my desk. Where would we go? Right up to Mexico. Exactly. Get some drinks. She just didn't want to eat with me. Okay, <laughs> forget her. I'm like, you don't want to eat with me. Did she force somebody to marry her or something? Anyway, <laughs> you know I drops the tea over here, girl. Katie, don't listen to this. Trust me, she would never. All right, so we're going to start with my little icebreaker just to warm us up. It's okay, because yeah, cause you're missing your drink. I know, I know. We discussed that before But we will take a shot at the end because the guys will come in with drinks and we'll take a shot before we leave. So okay. We're good. Okay. All right, so I'd like to start with my icebreaker. It's just called This or That. Okay. And you're just going to pick which one you prefer over the other. All right. All right. A stiletto or a mule? You tell me which one. No, I'm joking. I uh, know which one, but I want the people to know. <laughs> Give me the stiletto. Yes. Give me the stiletto any day. All right. A skinny leg or a wide leg? It's depending on the day. It's depending on the vibe I'm trying to give. One or the other. I'm going to say skinny. All right. A side boob or an under boob? Type of moment you're giving now. <laughs> That's so hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. For my birthday in D.C., I gave the cute little under, under boob. boob. Right, but the side boob is lit too. So which one? One or the I'd other? Say, I'd say the side boob. Okay. Um, a trench or a motorcycle? Give me the trench. You need a trench. Okay. Give me the trench. All right. 
Might be my last one. The versatility one. on that is just like insane. Okay, last one. A halter neckline or a deep V? Well, I don't have that much boob, so I'm going to go for the halter. For the halter. Okay, yeah. cool. So I'm going to actually let Simone uh, kind of explain her business, her vision. Um, she is a stylist. Um, she has, a, to me, a very distinct, very unique, very creative eye when it comes to style. Well, I want to hear this. I like to hear yeah. other people's opinions. Yeah, like, well, I think this is my opinion when okay. it comes to style. I do think that she kind of pushes the limit with certain things and things outside of the box when she's putting together looks. So I want to know, you know, honestly, where does your style inspiration come from? How did you get started in fashion, and what are some of the things that you know you growing up like inspired you? Because you didn't just become fashionable; yeah. you've been this way, yeah, for a good while. Um, so I'll say it started from um, my background. I have a Jamaican background, and so automatically Caribbean background, you're just immersed in color. You're immersed in color. You're immersed in different um, things that are being put together. And so when I went away to college, I didn't necessarily study fashion. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I got out of college, as usual, switched careers. And I started working in retail. And so that was what further pushed me to kind of like grow out of my own comfort zones. Mm -hmm. Because at that point in time, and I'm talking about like college days, I was strictly a sneakers girl. Gotcha. You would never believe that now. No. But, <laughs> but I, I don't. Was, I was strictly a sneakers girl. So working in retail and um, came back home to New York, still working in retail. And so I wanted to basically work my way into fashion corp or corporate fashion. And so for a lot of people who work retail, you already know how difficult it, it is. is to get or break into corporate fashion because half of those people, they're not looking into the retail workers. So mm -hmm. I was on Fifth Avenue for a good while. It was um, Tommy Hilfiger at first, and then I moved like a couple doors down to Stuart Weitzman. Um, and then my last gig was Dolce & Gabbana, which nice. I thankfully got fired from. <laughs> A girl cannot make it into work on time at all. Girl, but it was during those times collectively that I kind of got to see different people walk in. Mm -hmm. And so I saw the different styles that each person had. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, she's wearing this with that. And I'm like, I've never seen that before. So when I would go shopping, that was the type of thing that I would pick up, which whatever it was that I saw. And so... Um, even after that, I still didn't make it into corporate fashion <laughs> <laughs> whatsoever. And um, I started freelancing. And so through the freelancing gigs, I got to see more things. And I finally ended up with my first fashion gig, which was Woodland Trading, which is where I ended up um, meeting you. Mm -hmm. And so basically from there, it kind of launched my, I guess you could say, career in fashion, which mm -hmm. was production at the time. Um, and then it was trying to navigate what it is that I could do for myself outside of production because I had so many friends that would tell me like, listen, like, I love the way that you dress. Like, what are you trying to do with it? And I would never see it as like a business. Gotcha. And so, um, it wasn't until, and it will be your friends that will push you the most and see the things before you can see it. Absolutely. Praise them. Praise them. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely. And so that's pretty much like how I got launched into being a stylist if you want to say gotcha which i will say because i am claiming i am claiming that exactly um yeah do, so that's it do you think that there is a difference between being a 
a wardrobe stylist and a fashion stylist? Like, do you think that there's a gap, or what do you feel like you kind of fall into that? Because I think wardrobe, meaning you can pretty much dress anybody who comes to you, mm-hmm. whereas, like, a fashion stylist is more so just, like, let me make you more fashionable, because I think wardrobing is not necessarily always fashion. Sometimes it just has to fit with the person's lifestyle. So it's like almost doing like the closet concierge thing, just like this is yours lifestyle. Let me dress you, but I feel like with yours, they got the they got to fit show yo Aurora in order to work with. It's funny because yeah. now as you break it down, I'm like, yeah, I do fall under wardrobe stylist, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm into fashion. Right. So for me, it's it's difficult to pick the one out of the two because. I don't necessarily look at it as a separate thing gotcha. because you, for your wardrobe, you're incorporating fashion regardless of what it is. Depends on the person. Depends on the person. person. Mm-hmm. Depends on the person. But oftentimes, um, I'll get people who I've done shoots with people who primarily wanted to do a fashion shoot. So therefore, mm-hmm. we're focusing on fashion right. um, for a relaunch of their of their website. I've just recently done a wardrobe styling session with someone who was right here in Brooklyn. So it's like, for me, I kind of <coughs> go, bless you. Thank you. I kind of go in between of whichever one it is that they want, but at the same time, at, to my discretion. Gotcha. If that makes sense. So with your discretion for how would you describe your style and four adjectives um, <laughs> because they have to be able to get with you and if they don't get that then it's just like okay maybe she might not be the one for me or maybe I can't vibe with her so what what are those four things that you feel like your style no matter what you're wearing embodies it don't have to be four it could be three whatever you feel like like your style no I matter what adjectives are I'm sorry I forgot adjectives what I, I'm thinking adverbs <laughs> okay like for me uh, Kylie A. is color classic confidence Okay. I'm always going to have a lot of color. Okay. I'm going to keep classic silhouettes because I don't really go outside the box. And then when it comes to my clothing, it they fit really good because that's what inspires confidence. Mm-hmm. So those are my adjectives. Hmm. So like, you know how but like when some people say they're fashionable, they be like understated, chic, outgoing, glamorous, posh, urban. All of those be adjectives. Well, at any time, anytime I hear urban, I think black. Yeah. <laughs> what, so. Ethnic, meaning they dress with like flags and shit like that. <laughs> so like, what do you think is yours? I think mine would be, um, even though I'm not wearing any color, color. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be, so three things. Mm-hmm. Color, can we say innovative? Yes. That's an adjective. Um, and... Textural. I like that. Layers. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Took a while for me to get there, but I'm here. Texture, color, and innovative. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I was, like, if if it was the outside looking in for me, it would be uh, uniqueness or unique, whatever. Um, Creative and elevated. Really? Mm-hmm. It's elevated. It's because, like, sometimes when you think creative, you think a real artsy, like. But then for me, when I see your style, I think that it is an elevated style. I think it's creative, and I do think it's unique because it's just like, hmm, I would have never thought to put that together. That's, so cool. that's why it's unique and creative because it's just like, it's creative because it's just like, how the fuck did you think of that? Right. And then it's unique, and it's just like, damn. Because unique is like, damn, that is a good look. So those are the things that I see. The funny thing about that is, 
you can hear people talk about the things that you project Mm -hmm. and because you've been living in it for so long you don't even think of those type of words because it's like in your mind because of the the people in which you follow or look up to Mm -hmm. you're just like all right because they're creative you know it's just do people see me that way? Yeah, Even because creativity is, is... But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. sometimes you yourself don't... You don't re- see, that's so why you, I like to hear when other people, like, either follow me or mm-hmm. they see the vision that I've put together and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. Like, because I hear that all the time. Like, I would have never thought to have put that together. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm following, like, Thomas Christos, who's Gabrielle Union stylist. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... He would definitely do something like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then so. you got a lot of people that don't keep up with fashion stylists. You keep up with it. You're looking at people. You're looking at things. You're looking at magazines. Yeah. You're looking at everything. Whereas you have most people, they honestly just get the inspiration necessarily from scrolling. And then you, they have to be following somebody in order for them to get that. So they might just have, honestly, basic ass like, mm-hmm. inspiration mm-hmm. depending on who they follow. Mm-hmm. And if you're not super duper into fashion, you're not really following a lot of stylists. But it's also about mm-hmm. being very, int- and I, I talked about this with one of my girlfriends, it's about being very intentional about who it is that you follow. Absolutely. I don't follow a whole bunch of different celebrities. Mm-hmm. I don't follow a whole bunch of different like gossip sites. Maybe like a couple here mm-hmm. and there. But majority of the people who I will see on my Explorer page, it's going to be stylists. It's mm-hmm. going to be streetwear style pages. Those are the things that I draw inspiration from whenever I'm feeling like, all right, like I don't have enough content to pull out today. Where can I go to to get that inspiration? My fiance, he's always like, yo, like you're always on your phone. And he's thinking that I'm just, you know, bullshitting half of the time. And I'm like, no, I'm doing research. Right. I might be making a Pinterest for you. Like, know what I'm doing. <laughs> in my head, I'm seeing something and I'm trying to see how I can utilize my closet to kind of deliver this same message. Right. Through my own style. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's another thing, and I'm glad that you said that people don't do that. Yeah. The research and the figuring it out and taking your time to figure it out, opposed to being like, and another thing, I feel like people will see something and they automatically go to whatever site it is and they'll Mm -hmm. just buy it, opposed to being like, I actually already got something similar and I could just go in my closet and put it together, but instead, I feel like I need that piece at that time. Mm -hmm. So that leads me into my next question. Do you feel like it's possible to be super duper fashionable on a budget without it coming off really cheap or tacky? Or do you feel like you got to go out on the hunt and find them hitting gems? <laughs> or just buy expensive shit? <laughs> See, but that's... Mm, I think that... And it, it goes to towards your personal style, right? Mm-hmm. For me, you can go to the friggin' Goodwill... You can go to the nearest thrift store. You can buy something that's for like 50 bucks. Well, you know, it won't even be that expensive inside of those places. But you can buy inexpensive things. And to me, it's the way you put pieces together. Mm-hmm. That's the way that you can formulate a good outfit. Half of the times, people are looking at my page and they're like, okay, like, all right, I see she's going on Amazon. Amazon has the greatest things on there, mm-hmm. um, the thrift stores and things of that nature. But if you're solely focused on designers, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that that, that, that that's going to hit. Right, that it's fashionable, too. It's, so it's, you definitely think there's a difference between, like, see, some people, they're super duper fashionable because they wear labels, and they're not, to they, say the least. They're, they're not. Yeah. And majority of the t- those are not the people that I follow. Good. <laughs> Again, got to be very intent, because I'm thinking about my brand. Right. Y'all hear that? My yeah, brand. My, your brand. Come on now. <laughs> so so that kind of leads me into 
who do you feel is your, I mean, I guess your ideal customer. If there was a celebrity that was your ideal client, it could be one or two celebrities, who would it be? Because you hit two things that, may, that hit me, the thrift store and Amazon. Those are not places that people mm-hmm. typically go shop, especially with your lazy consumer. Your lazy, not even lazy consumer, your convenient consumer. Mm-hmm. Your convenient consumer shops online. There ain't no online thrift stores. Mm-hmm. Not that I know of. It mm-hmm. may be some. I think there's a few. Um, there's a few, but. One of them, she live here. It's called, uh, it's a pop-up. It's a mother's pop-up. She sells like fur coats and stuff. She's based here. Oh, okay. Her. In Jersey, isn't she? Yeah, her. Okay. Yeah, but she's you know, a light-skinned girl. Yeah, she is. I have like a, somewhat of an online thrift store, but I haven't seen many of those. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that I feel like is pushed a lot. It is something that you have to physically do. Mm-hmm. So for the woman that is busy and it's not convenient for her to go into stores, she misses out on a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So who is your? You feel like who's your target consumer? Like, what does her lifestyle look like? My target consumer for right now, um, it's definitely the woman who is trying to find her style. She is trying to uh, find the staple pieces that are necessary so that way she doesn't have to continually keep going out every season to catch up on the latest trends. Because once you have a clear vision of how to shop, you won't ever miss out on trends because as you and I both know, like those things keep being recycled over and over and over again. And so... I like to be able to spread knowledge on how to shop. So those are the type of women. Um, and so, and I've had men that have asked me if I can style men too, and I'm not there yet, okay. um, just because I feel like I want to kind of um, make sure that my craft is full and firm with this. And um, so, yeah, so she's looking to build her wardrobe. She's looking to step out of her comfort mm-hmm. zone. I'm the type, and to me, sometimes I feel like, all right, like I put certain outfits together and I'm like, mm-hmm. This is so easy. In my <laughs> in my head, right. it's very easy, right? But for the next customer who doesn't own like a red article of clothing, you know, that's something that's really big for her. And mm-hmm. those are big wins for me for gotcha. when they're able to open up their mind and be like, all right, like I'm open to trying more color. I'm open to trying a higher heel. Those are the little things that um that get me as a as a stylist. Gotcha. Is she a certain age? Is she in a certain age group? Your ideal you know, customer. I've never, I've never thought about that. Yeah, because it's just like, well, I mean, I think about college kids. Like, I can't afford a stylist in college. Um, mm. My style and what I wore in college is not something that I will wear now. Do you feel like there is an age group surrounded about where you are right now when it comes to style? Because I, I'm pretty sure you don't dress the same way you did when you were in college. This is true. I, I guess I would have to say yes and no because... Like I said, my research, when I'm online or wherever I am, mm-hmm. I could be walking down the street and there's somebody who's younger than me who's wearing some something and doing a concept that I have no idea about. And I'm just like, oh my God, like that's fly. How can I incorporate that? So it's like, how can I turn away somebody who is younger than me, but yet their influence is gravitating towards me to push me to do something? So it's like a yes. I would say no. Okay, I would say no. It just depends on your budget and your style. It depends like, on your budget. It and your depends staff. on your budget. <laughs> we haven't even gotten into that talk yet. Lord, so let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about money. Let's talk about how you make money as a stylist, mm-hmm. and um, how you now choose and filter out that clientele. So, what? 
how do you make money as a stylist? Is it based on like you already have like a, a certain rate that you go by? Is it hourly? Is it a, a fixed rate? Um, is it the time that's put in or is it whatever their budget is and then you try to work around it? Absolutely not the latter. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> absolutely not the um, So it's, it's my fixed rate, but it's also dependent on the amount of time that I put into it. And I remember, like, Lanise and I go way back. Like, even when I was starting out looking into styling, I'm like, yo, how do I even try and figure out how much to... Um, charge these people who are coming up to me asking for me to style them. Mm -hmm. And so you were the one that kind of basically taught me about um, the amount of time that you do your research. You know? You paying for all my time. I had a a client who would ask me about, um, you know, how do I go about with my rate? Like, what's what's the breakdown of Mm -hmm. my rate? And I was like, well, mainly it's about the time that I take to research into you to find out what it is that you want based off based off of the questionnaire that I provide for that person. Right. So it's like in their mind, sometimes they look at it as such an easy thing to do. And it's like, if it was so easy, then you wouldn't be coming to me for the advice that you're trying to get. So you're also paying for that stylist's eye because the same things that you can see inside Zara, the same thing that you can see inside wherever online uh, retail stores that you're at, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be, it can be the same thing or it may not be the same thing because it's dependent on how I choose to style it. Mm -hmm. That's why you're coming to me. They're paying for your expertise. You're paying for an expertise Expertise. and you're paying for the service that 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 person is putting into you. Because I don't, when I style, I style Mm -hmm. In in my head, you know? And so it's like, you have to kind of appreciate the fact that if you don't have the time to do something, if you don't know how to go about doing something, like there are things that I can tell you or teach you in order to help lessen the stress of shopping or um, get you more into it. These are all things that come with, to me, being a stylist. What are some of the things that you teach? So some of the things that I teach are if you're trying to get out of your comfort zone, the little steps that you can take to take on trends. I just did, recently did a post about um, hound suits coming back around as a trend. A lot of people, they're afraid of patterns and colors and things of that nature. So instead of going so big, you can take that pattern or take that color and take a small article of clothing within that type of pattern or color and apply it to your wardrobe. So okay. you can do that. You can um, learn about the basics of what it is to have in your closet, mm-hmm. a point toed shoe. A lot of women, one. a lot of women. I got a YSL one. Huh? I only got one. I think it's a you YSL can have, one. You can, have, <laughs> you can have boots. You mm-hmm. can have, um, yeah, I think it was just boots. I'm basing it off of one of the last clients that I had. She had mainly peep toe shoes. Okay. Mainly that's it? That was it. Interesting. And okay. so that's that's what I like about my clients that come to me because she didn't have the basic like closed toe heel for whenever she wants to go out in the winter time. And you know, if she's going out with the peep toe heel, it's like toes. We're going to get a little cold. So just they're going to be freezing. They're going to be freezing. You know what I mean? We're going to get you right. Don't worry about that. So it's just learning about the basic things that belong in your closet. And that's also um, a couple of the things that I teach. And then if you want to venture out into something that's out of the box, I teach you that as well. 
Gotcha. So can you give me one item that um, you feel like a woman should have in her closet for each season? Starting with, I guess, let's start with winter because that's the first because we're in it. Just one item, though. For one item per season that you think every woman should have. That's so hard. I know. Just one? One item. One. What you got to have from January to March. What you need from April to June. <laughs> what you need from June you to need July. A good, you need a good... I like leather joggers. I do, too. Okay. All right. It's, it's so, wintertime, a leather jogger. It could be yeah. faux or real leather. Faux, faux or okay. real leather. Spring. A good... Cause New York, you know, New York spring is still type cold. Yeah. Um. Uh, a good boot. A good boot. Oh, see, I was about to say a denim jacket. <laughs> Cause it's still cold. <laughs> like a lightweight denim jacket. That's you can do that jacket. too. But no, you said boot. We gonna stick with boot. Summer. Summer, if you, you ha- say coochie cutters, no, I'm just playing. Because you, you know I was thinking about my Levi's shirt. Right? I know you was. I was. The first thing I thought about was you uh, at Dear Summer dancing on that table. We never talk about that. <laughs> I'm like, white tank top or shorts? She going to say one or the other. No. Um, uh, uh, Cut off uh, shorts. I would say for the summer, there's so many things. A good mule. How did I fucking know you was going to say that? That was my last one. I'm like, tank top, shorts, a mule. Okay. And then the fall. It's a good coat. Good coat. Good duster. A good, a good, no, not a duster. Just a good coat. A good coat. Okay. A good coat. So y'all heard it. You need a pair of leather joggers in the wintertime. In the springtime, you need a good boot. Good boot. In the summer, you need a good mule. And then in the winter, you need a good coat. Good coat. Good coat. Season to season. Less okay, so I have a segment. <laughs> I have all these type of segments. Oh this segment is called "It's a Success" uh, or "It's a Disaster." Someone so, told me to prepare for that part. <laughs> I definitely did not. So, "It's a Success" is a disaster is brought to you by Toby Solutions. All right, if you are a person who loves Instagram and wishes to make a profit on social media, whether you are already an influencer or thinking about becoming one, you need to check out Toby Solutions. They take influencer marketing to the next level with their social media insights service. I know numbers aren't the most interesting thing, but Toby Solutions makes understanding social media metrics really easy. They send you a monthly report to your email that simply tells you what's going on in your social media account without the confusing jargon. Not only is this a game changer for your brand, but it's also super affordable. It's $25 a month. Influencers from 1K followers to 1 million followers can take advantage of this valuable tool. And of course, we have a discount for you. Use the discount code Black in Fashion for 15, 50% off your first month of social media insights. So. For more info, y'all make sure y'all check y'all check out the show notes. The link is right there if you're ready to sign up and get um get yourself started. So, is a success is a disaster segment is based on exactly what it is. <laughs> Tell me about a time or something that happened that it went really really bad. It's not even about why it went bad, but I want to know what you learned from it. So something that went bad and went awry. And then what you learned for it, it made you develop a new practice in your business and your entrepreneurship that was just like, I won't ever do that again, but now I know moving forward, this is what I'm about. Or this is what I'm going to do. 
usually it's always, I feel like everybody's disaster story is them undercharging for something. They took them too much damn time. <laughs> I think the one that comes to mind, it's not necessarily a, um, a monetary disaster because, all right, so... Back when I was freelancing, I used to freelance um, for J Brand. Mm -hmm. And so the girl who I was helping to cover her role for, mm -hmm. um, I was sitting at her desk. And so, like, of course, all the emails are coming in from the different people, whatever I can see them, whatever it is that needs attending to, like, I would take care of it. And so there's this girl who sat across, and I had mentioned it in my stories before. There was this girl who sat across. And it was during a time where I really wanted the job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So her and I, we would talk here and there. White girl. Everybody there was, like, Italian. Like, <laughs> Not surprised. Um, but, yeah, so her and I, like, we would talk. I'm thinking that we were cool. So we would go downstairs and help to fit the models and things like that. And I'm just like, hey, like, do you think that I'm a shoe-in to, like, get the job? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't really control anything. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. There was an email that came in, and I think um, it might have been from the girl who was away. The other girl, I'm just going to ca call her M. M, and the girl who I was filling in for, her name was C. Okay, so, M and C. So an email came in for C, and M hopped on the email. And M is just like, hey, um, C, I really miss you. Clearly, this was just like a private conversation. Mm -hmm. She's like, I really miss you. Like, I hope things are well. <sighs> this new girl that's here, like, I don't, she, she, what did she say? It was so long ago. She was just like, basically, um, how I was, I was really like adamant about trying to get the job, mm -hmm. but she felt like I wasn't a good fit at all. And the fact that I would never be a good fit because I have an attitude problem and that's not what she thinks that the company would want anyway. But have a great day. Like, love you. See you later. Let's grab drinks or whatever the case may be. And wow. so I read that. She didn't know that I could see that. Interesting. So when I read it, I was just like, wow, like, this is interesting. And so this whole time. You smiling in my face. You smiling in my face. And then you're sending an email about basically me talking about me. Right. And then on top of that, you're saying that I have an attitude problem. Why? Because you're black? Because. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. So what I took away. Girl, my chair would have spit in her direction like, sis, you know, I can see that, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> I literally just shook it. I sat there shaking because I was, I was so new and so like bright eyed, bushy tail. And I had. This is why I was pissed off because the same day, uh, not the same day, but sometime within that time that I was there, I had an interview for Condé Nast to be mm -hmm. someone's assistant that was high up there. And I chose to go to the fucking freelancing job over that fucking interview. Mm -hmm. So I just learned more so about myself and my patience, mm -hmm. but also that I got to work twice as hard. Yeah, because. Facts. At this point in time, like people around me saying that I have an attitude problem, there was no, there was no attitude. There at was all. no attitude anywhere. Right. Now I got the attitude because you fucked up, <laughs> and she ended up getting fired anyway. I think, but mm -hmm. it was just like it was just 
it was a blow to my confidence. Mm-hmm. And that was where I was just like, yo, I got to pick it up. Gotcha. I got to pick it up and I'll never be in that situation again. That's actually a very good learning lesson. Yeah. That's yeah. why I said it wasn't like a monetary thing. It was just like, but it just taught me something like, I know what I got to do now. And watch your surroundings. And what, yep. Always be aware of everything that's going on around you. Because them white women, they... They will come for you. Clearly, she came for you. Like, And then her stupid ass didn't even know that you could read the emails. That I could dummy. read the email. <laughs> dumb, dumb. Okay, sis. So let's talk about, um, you know, how you're doing, like, your client intake right now. Like, how, how, how do people get in contact with you? Like, do you have certain requirements um, for people that reach out to you? And, you know, what you're looking for um, when it comes to, like, a, you know, a client. And I wouldn't even say, well, I was about to say something stupid. I was about to say there's a client-employee relationship, no, but, like, a nothing, client-to-work-like relationship. Yeah, you know, what you're nothing, looking for? There's nothing that I'm per se looking for as mm-hmm. opposed to making sure that you have, making sure that your budget <laughs> is going to work with the vision that you have. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes, I have this girl who who came to me because she was referred from someone that I knew from Uptown. Mm -hmm. And she was like, hey, I'm going away on a trip and I heard that you style. I would love it if I can get some of your services. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, cool. Um, What are you looking for? So she was like, oh, about like, what did she say? She said like, maybe six to ten outfits because she was going to thailand for her birthday okay sis. she wanted like six to ten outfits and um she wanted like day and night looks so mm-hmm. i said okay so what's your budget so she said a hundred a hundred dollars per look no styling is a luxury having styling services is a luxury six to ten outfits for a hundred dollars Day and night looks for a hundred dollars. No, I think that, and there's a misconception when it comes to styling. A lot of people feel like, oh, somebody got some talent, maybe I can promote them. And like, that's the other thing. Okay, we collab, all that bullshit mm-hmm. about collabing and stuff like that. Whereas people don't realize, I had a past guest saying, like, styling is a luxury. It is not meant to be cheap. It is something that people outsource to do when they have the means to do so. I said my rate is way more than your budget. That would never work. And what she said? Um, I don't think she ever got back to me. Yeah, when she heard that, she didn't get back to you. You mentioned on your social media, because I'm a stalker, that you... You're also my friend. Shut up. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) That you are looking to take on brands now. Yeah. So now with, you know, stepping into working with, like, more so brands, do you think that it's going to be harder? Because now you'll be more so working with designers Mm -hmm. and now it's like you're taking control of you know their babies or their visions and stuff like that and you're putting a different spin or a different outlook on it so as you transition to that is there anything that you feel like you have to like mentally prepare of or how can you put it I guess the designer's mind at ease and like you you will be involved in the process but I'm gonna do this is what I'm gonna do well I think that when people reach out for service um, because like I said, I'm into, um, and there's no actual name for it, for what it is or the direction that it is that I want to go into for right now. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty much like, okay, like you're starting up or you're launching a brand mm-hmm. and you want, um, the best way possible to have people see what it is that you have. Mm-hmm. And so you come to my page, let's say, and then you like what it is that I'm giving as far as aesthetic wise, you like the vision, you like the, the way I put things together. So I would think that because you're coming to me and you know that this is what it is that I'm going to offer you as far as like styling your pieces in a specific manner, 
you would have to be open to my direction of where it, where it is that I want to take it visually. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And if that doesn't work, then that's fine. We can go separate ways. Gotcha. But as far as like curating, like the shoot, like cur- curating, that's something that I want to get into. Gotcha. So like I said, it doesn't necessarily have a title to it because for me, it's not about receiving free clothing. Mm-hmm. It's never been about that because for me, I can buy my own clothes mm-hmm. and I can put the things together. But what I would want to do is to help branch your branch, my um, brand. That should just be me. Yeah, I just saw the email. I know what it was. So oh, so basically what I want to do is I want to launch your I want to help launch your brand and also collaborate with what it is that I'm trying to do. What you got in your head now. So <laughs> my mind's always rolling. Do you want to be put into it when they are designing? So when they're developing these products, so that way you're more hands well, on with be... helping them. But it's but you're more so you're advising. Would you want to help them pick the right fabrication, the right silhouettes? Because it could be somebody who's designing a pant, and you say, you know what, honestly, honey, it should have a bigger waistband. It should have a pocket. Or do you want to come in with that's a, del- that's a design collaboration to me. That is. But are you open to that? Like it being more design based, I'm open. helping it from the get. My only thing is because of the way that you see things. What if they're finished and you don't like none of it? Mm. How the fuck you gonna work with it? If you Did, just like this, don't align. Didn't we talk about doing questionnaires? Yeah, we can do questionnaires. But what if the person really, really admires your style? Like, are you open to helping them on the front end? And of course, I'm assuming that would be a lot more money because it's like you have to take out your time to develop it. But if you do it on the back end. Though. Then you just left with, I don't know what to do with this. I would have liked this if it would have been in this fabric or if it had been this size or if it would have been this longer. So if you come in from the forefront, because once the clothes is made. The clothes is made. The clothes is made. You know, the clothes is made. So, and for me, the only reason why I'm thinking about this is because you have a production background. You have a retail background. <laughs> so you have the trend eye. But think about it in that concept. You know what it takes to create products. You also know trends. You also have styling. So a lot of these people need help in the beginning. Nothing. Because at the end, it's just like, it's already made. So I'm just, you know. <laughs> The funny thing is, I've never, I've never thought about that. Yeah, they need help in the beginning. Helping in the... Because that's the brand. Like, that's right. the brand, and that's the whole part of the brand. Like, I always tell people, even when they come to LC Paracle Souza, who's your consumer? Yeah. What is the brand? Like, what? Mm-hmm. how do you describe it? Because, honestly, that shit should be first. Now, you got these pieces, and now it's just like, oh, yeah, I got to figure out how to shoot this. But it's just like, that shit should have been thought about in the beginning before you waste, I ain't going to say you mm-hmm. waste your money, before you spend time. And then even down the fit. It already is made now. It already mm-hmm. fits. So even down, it's like, actually, it needs to be cut a little wider mm-hmm. or it needs to be this. So it's just something we should explore. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. That's interesting. That's another. Re- and then you can still do what you're doing, but that is yeah, another. No, right. That is another strand of revenue. That's, like that's a, more that's money. That's like designer X. Sim, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, it, and they really into in. I don't see why somebody wouldn't, especially if they like your style, especially another designer that likes your style, but have been struggling with sales, mm-hmm. have been struggling with visuals. Why the fuck not get them involved in the beginning on the collaboration? You get my following, your following, we twine that shit together, and boo yeah. That's 
would be amazing. So I'm like, just throwing it out there if you're open to it. Okay. I think it's a good thing I'm that open, you can, I'm, I think I'm it's I think it's something that it. you can market. Like how you say you want to work with brands, but it's like actually I want to be there from the beginning. I want to be on that road with you because my goal is to build, help you but build then your a lot brand. Up and coming brands. To me, I just feel like they don't have the money yet. If they got the money to make the products, they got the money to do branding, and you should honestly be putting about 25% into product development and 75% into branding and marketing. True. Like, yeah, True. we can make your products, but yeah. if you can make them and you can't sell them, what is the point? Mm-hmm. And people spend thousands of dollars, because trust me, I'm on that end, but I said in the consultation, yo, <laughs> I can't sell it. I can't market it. I can't brand you. I do suggest that before you move forward with my services, you talk to this person. I have people that I send them to for like more of the branding side, but it even needs to be curated and make the right sense. Like, mm-hmm. are they choosing the right color palette? Mm-hmm. You know, are you launching in the spring, in the fall? Mm-hmm. Like, all those things to me should be done from the get go. Mm-hmm. Them similar times, you know, whatever. Sounds like we used to talk. Yeah, we do. <laughs> We do. That's, That's why I put my jackets like. on hold because I ain't there yet. Like, I'm still trying to figure it out. And I, and I know for me as a designer, I get blocked all the time, which is why I go so many gaps without putting out stuff because if I'm not feeling creative or if I don't see it, I'm not going to put it out. So yeah. I bought all this fabric and it's like some of it I'm still in love with, some of it I hate it, but it's like I haven't actually went for it and made the items yet. I've made some drawings, but I'm still just like, it ain't it yet. Mm-hmm. And it probably would be because it, to me, it needs a second eye. It's looking, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm not ready to put out this app. I was going to try to do a spring jacket line. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, I ain't there yet. Mm-hmm. I need to work on making What's sure. What's missing from it in your eye? <sighs> I don't know. That's the thing. We don't be knowing. Mm. Like, and that's why sometimes you need another creative eye because I, I do like the fabrics, but it's something about it. Like, I got, like, I have one that's similar to this and it's orange. I bought an orange wool fabric, 100% wool. It has a very, very big shawl collar. This is my drawing, at least it ain't made. Mm. It has a really, really big shawl collar. It has like a stack, somewhat of a stack sleeve. It's just long straight to the floor like your coat, and then it has like a big pocket on the side. Mm -hmm. And I like it, but I'm just... There's something missing. There's something missing. Maybe because I haven't put it together. It's literally like the fabric on one side of the room and the sketches on the other side of the room. I'm just like, they need to coordinate better, but I haven't figured it out. And I'm coming out with a luggage collection. Seven pieces. A duffel, a book bag. From the beginning of time, you guys. Because <laughs> I make that. This has been Hustle Man. <laughs> so I want here. the outerwear to come out with the luggage. Like, I want book bags. I want my duffels. I'm doing a, a book bag, a duffel, a crossbody, a one-shoulder bag, a fanny pack. I'm doing those. I'm doing seven different styles. And I already bought the leather, but I ain't done nothing. I bought all leather. Bought it from Italy. Send it miles. I ain't done nothing. I ain't made nothing. But my mind, I'm going to do it because I ain't done it yet. <laughs> Sounds like a lot right there. It is a lot. Which is why you haven't done anything because it's a lot. It's a lot. But I, I know what I want to do is just about I don't want I wanted to sell. The last one, they did really well. They sold. I was actually what? the my let my back drop. Oh, the back. They did really well. Surprisingly, like they did and that's not even surprisingly, like I know that I but I took my time with it. Like mm-hmm. I took my time. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do a couple of classic things. I'm gonna do some something a little bit different. Like but I don't know. I feel like I could have made more. Mm-hmm. The designs could have been like, and I like my staples. But did we talk about that? We did, but they are I just didn't showcase it like that. Okay. Yeah, cause like I did, I did the paper bag. I know we talked about the paper bag one. I did the paper bag one. I did my classic envelope clutch. Well, no pouch clutch or whatever. And that's nothing. I just wanted to stay with the classic. So I think I went really heavy on the colors and the texture, and just kept it to like classic silhouettes. And yeah. that's what I was going for. And that's crazy because those are the ones that fucking sold out. Mm-hmm. The other styles didn't sell out. Jamie sold out. Uh, Jael has sold out. Like all the ones that I. That I thought about being more of the classic silhouettes are the ones that sold out, mm-hmm. and then it's like the lunch bag and the 
I thought that was a didn't sell as well. The Janae one, like the cult, the fold over one, those didn't, but everything else sold really good. But I want the luggage to be like, because mm. I'm competing with the, the Louis Vuitton and, and the MCMs. Like, I, I want the done, luggage. And I know you've done the research yeah. on like the type of luggage that's been out there and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, you bring it to my attention. Yeah, that's you know, that's all, that's all I want to do. So I just want to make sure you're open to it. So <laughs> if you just want to tell the people out there just how to get in contact with you, um, there will be a survey. <laughs> a survey? For you. Shit. Like, if, like for the people that don't get in contact with you to work with you, whether it be on the front end, personal styling services. Let's t- let's talk about why there's a there's Let's talk be- about why there's yeah. a survey. Okay. So from my experience, I noticed that just in this past year of work that I opened myself up to just saying yes to everybody, regardless of their aesthetics, regardless of what they're doing. What I found was that they were either problematic clients. I didn't like making the items. I was just doing too much. Like it was just too much of a hassle. Whereas now I am more selective and I was sharing that with Simone about my clientele because you're not going to Honestly, I did it for peace of mind. Mm-hmm. That's my peace of mind. Like my aesthetic, it's not even my aesthetic. It's just like knowing what you need to do to actually win in this process. And all honesty, when during a consultation, I can tell you right then and there whether you're gonna you make some money. Know. And I do know. And I still was like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And I would do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I knew during that time frame that shit wasn't gonna work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I learned how to filter it. And I was telling Simone that that's how you filter it. Like. Be okay with saying no. If it don't align, it don't align. Well, and I need to be at peace. That was what I was talking about mm-hmm. with you off off air because, mm-hmm. you know, being a – it's it's a weird space to be in because you're branching yourself out and you're putting yourself out there to let it be known like, hey, like you can utilize my services to help what it with what it is that you were trying to launch. Right. But at the same time, if your brand and what it is that you sell do not align with mm-hmm. me and my brand – personally to me then we can't it just won't work because for me i don't want to go online or just do anything where one it's about the money because it's not about the money at all for me it's about all right my audience they love me because of the fact that i'm very authentic with what it is that i do what Mm -hmm. it is that i promote and so if you see me you know rocking um I don't even berets or something like and that. Not that there's anything wrong with berets. Half of the times I can't fit hats, so it's like, <laughs> I don't wear hats. You know what I mean? And if it's if it's not fitting for what it is that I do, it just won't work. So that's why we were talking about having the survey because oftentimes, um, and you know, I'm still coming from a place where I have humility and 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 just being humble and just. Mm-hmm feeling as though like okay like wow like these people really want to collaborate with me but at the same time this isn't really what I want to do right so um that's where the survey come, comes yeah. in yeah and now that I've been in I should have did that and I knew and I that's crazy I'm glad you you know you're doing it now I knew then when I did it but I did it anyway against mm-hmm. my better judgment at the time and she said I'm I'm hustler when I was doing it, I'm just like, yo, this is my only source of income. This is what I got to do. But when it came down to it, it wasn't even worth, like, my peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I keep going back to that because it really wasn't worth it. And then the most levels. of the people that had these shitty-ass designs that wasn't going to sell was the cheapest ones. And now that I've elevated myself and elevated my brand, even more of the reason. I had a client that had an issue today with a price that we gave. She's like, well, when I started, it was this amount. Yeah, and that was a year ago. And you know how much I learned in this past year? Your client has to elevate with you mm-hmm. if you've been in doing something for a long time. And that's something that it is what it is. Either you're going to lose the old clients 
and uh, or you're going to actually start to attract the clients that you want. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm all about. I'm about attracting this. So, hell yeah, I raised my prices. My a consultation used to be 35 Now it's 135 Are you serious? Yep. To talk to me is $135 for one hour. And people pay it every day. I got five appointments, literally five to six appointments every day. 135 And that's for a design consultation. Design development is 275 That's for you to talk to me for two hours. And people pay it all the time. When those things used to be $35 and $55. My sewing classes used to be $70. They are now $225. And that came with the experience of the fact of you learning about discernment. Yeah, and literally just about living it. And it was actually a, a, a lady who honestly said it to me. I went to the Harlem Fashion Row retreat and I showed her my promo card. She was just like, at this price, I would not be interested. Like, it looks too low. I was like, do it. She literally just shitted on me. And I was just like, I thought it was affordable. She was like, lift it. And mm-hmm. you'll attract the people that you need to attract. And that's all she said to me. Mm-hmm. She just told me to lift it. The next day, everything was lifted. Mm-hmm. And after that, I just started with inflation. I added, like, a, I raised my prices every six months. Because mm-hmm. the conversation was, for a little while, they were 100 Yeah. Then they were 115 Yeah. Now they're 135 And in two months, the motherfuckers might be 155 Like, right. they keep, our prices do keep going up, you know. And then I'm actually attracting now, like I say, the, the new school of clients that I've gotten in, I'm actually attracting people that I actually want. Like, yeah. I actually have. Like, and I manage, I only manage clients that's 10,000 plus. If it ain't 10 plus, I give it to the rest of the team. So now I've elevated. <laughs> I'm dead ass. Like, I only, I when you only personally get me if you spend 10K. If you don't spend 10K, you will not get me. You will get somebody else on the team. Right. Not just, I, one year no, time. No, I get it. <laughs> I was like, one year time. And I was just like, oh, no, I know my worth now. And I got bills. I got payroll. Oh. I'm like, I got eight, ten people every two weeks. Those bills <laughs> that don't shit cost stop. Ten, it costs ten thousand dollars to pay everybody two weeks. Like mm-hmm. every two weeks, gotta have ten grams. So yeah, you have to price your items and your services based on who you want to attract. Mm-hmm. And if they want it, they want it. Cause then people pay that little one thirty five to talk to us. No, I believe it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. They pay it. That's why I came to you in the beginning. I was like, girl, how much you think I should give you? Absolutely. I'm charging for because I'm uh, charging you for my time to make sure it even is a good fit. If it's not a good fit, I'm going to recommend that you take a class. Mm-hmm. So consultation don't mean you're going to have service with me. Right. Consultation might mean, like, this is where you are. You got to be here in order to work with us. And then you said with the survey. And the survey, too. After the survey. And then they don't always fill it out, neither. So I have to ask them again when they get there. But right. I won't start without it. Like right. So now I'm like, what are your goals? What's your budget? Like, all everything is on that survey. If you don't answer and you just hop into your appointment anyway, you're going to answer it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because some people will, they get the emails, but they won't do mm-hmm. it. You're going to do it before I start, though. No, I get it. Yeah. Absolutely. Get it. Yeah. So, thank you, Simone. Thank you this for This is a great talk. Sure that I came out. Yes, yes, yes. This is going to be promoted everywhere, sis. I'm coming. <laughs> it's going to be promoted everywhere. Thank you for coming. Um, if it was just like, just my last note, is there anything that you just want to throw out that inspires you or motivates you that you'd like to share with anyone else? I always say it could be a book, a muse, a quote, um, a crystal, <laughs> anything that inspires you. Um, to be honest, mm-hmm. a lot of my friends inspire me. Oh, oh okay. Um, they, they keep the inspiration of mm-hmm. me continuing mm-hmm. my journey going my gotcha. friends my man um yes anybody who pours into you I those are that. the people who help to inspire me because a lot of times you're going to be running into a lot of blocks whether it be personal whether it be um just feeling like there's a whole bunch of other competition out there mm-hmm. and it's like you have to continually pour into those who truly believe in what it is that you do in your gift that you have because sometimes you just need that extra word. Facts. Sometimes you just need that extra push. 
And that's it. Perfect. Honestly. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so glad you finally joined me on episode 75. <laughs> 75 <laughs> episodes in. <laughs> and as I always say, stay black. Peace out. Make sure you guys check out all our sponsors, Kara Kinks, Elite Candle Club, McCara Reed, Toby Solutions, all black owned businesses. All of their information is in the show notes. Peace out.